When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. On the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back, Empty Nation, to the show. You are listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And as always, I am your host, Dan Mater here to show you the way to the championship game on our way, on our conquest, and we can do it right here, right now, with this episode. We got the Sunday night recap, the Monday night recap. We got the waiver wire report for your show today. Very important moving on to week four. Remember, no matter what happened in week three, I don't care if you won, I don't care if you lost. Put it behind you. It is time to move forward. And I don't care that you're 0-3. It's still not time to hit the panic button. Am I alarmed? Do I have a flag going up? Yes. If I'm 0-3, I am definitely alarmed at this point. But there's still so many injuries. Guys who have yet to return. So many circumstances. So much football left to be played. Remember, until we play week four, we have not finished the first quarter of the NFL season yet. Still so much can change. It was not time to hit the panic button. Be diligent on the waiver wire. Be diligent in your trades. And the MD's Fantasy Football Show is here to help you the entire way. Make sure you're following us on social media at BellyUpMDFFShow because we're always going to be able to help you out with your questions and, of course, the all-important player news notifications that we give you for free. All you have to do is follow us on Twitter and make sure your notification alerts on us are up. And there's going to be a lot more this week. We went over a lot of the games yesterday. 
all the Sunday games, all the injuries from there. Now we got the Sunday night game to talk about in this particular matchup. And it was a great game. It was an entertaining game. It was everything you would want from a Sunday game when you are looking at a New Orleans Saints, when you're looking at a Green Bay Packers football game. It was everything you wanted. And we'll kick this thing off. We'll start on the, the loser side of the ball. We'll start on the Saints side of the ball. And I'll start off by saying this. Outside of Michael Thomas, the only other wide receiver is still Alvin Kamara. That's it. Emmanuel Sanders actually showed up in this game. He had four catches, 56 yards, and a touchdown, but only on five targets. Traquan Smith, who looked like the head and shoulders leader last week for the Saints while Michael Thomas was out, had just six targets in this game. 14 targets and 13 receptions on 139 yards and two receiving touchdowns for Alvin Kamara. On the rushing, he only had six carries. He only had 19 total touches when you actually break it all down. 58 yards rushing, the exact same total that it took Latavius Murray double those amount of carries to reach, 58. Murray, to me, is just a kind of quick hit on him. Is more of a handcuff than anything else. I know that now that in three games he has received 15 carries in week one and 12 carries in week two, but he's not getting the goal line work. He is being efficient with his touches. 12 carries, 58 yards, that's 4.8 yards a carry. You can't ask for much more than that. But he's not involved at all at the passing game. And if he's not going to be a guy who gets the red zone looks, I don't think he's a guy who enters the flex territory as some may have thought he could heading into the season. He is one of the most valuable handcuffs to have. And if you have Alma Kamara, you should be looking into what it would take to acquire Latavius Murray. Now, I'm not sending off. That does not mean saying that send off whatever you have to send off in order to bring in Latavius Murray to your team. That's not what I'm saying to you. But if it's something cheap, if it's a wide receiver four, if it's a maybe a, uh, an RB3, and he, you don't have and you're strong at the running back position. You don't necessarily need another starting running back. I would look at the options. Maybe you have a good tight end. Maybe you have a second tight end. I would see what kind of pieces that you have that you can maybe give to the Latavius Murray owner if it's not yourself when you own Alvin Kamara because he's just a high quality handcuff that really should be in your best interest to try and own. But with Alvin Kamara, whoo. I talked about this last week. It's going to be down to him and Ezekiel Elliott as far as who's going to be the RB1. And after that showing from Dalvin Cook, we can throw him into the conversation too by the end of the season. But it's Alvin Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott right now as guys volleying who's going to finish that RB1. Kamara can't be stopped. Now when Michael Thomas comes back, will some of his receiving work go down? To a degree. He's still always going to be a guy who's going to get seven to eight targets a game. That's what's crazy about him, especially when we talk about Alvin Kamara from a half-point, full-point PPR standpoint. But we'll also expect to see his carries rise a little bit. And he's still the goal-line guy. So is he going to be getting this crazy volume? Probably not. But he's still going to be an elite RB1 nonetheless. It's not like Michael Thomas scares you, and they've both been able to eat when on the field previously before. I think the big thing we have to talk about this game is Drew Brees. I was hard on him last week. I questioned, did he even have enough arm strength at this point in his career to even be able to hit his players in stride? Because I've never expected Drew Brees to push the ball down the field. That was never, that was never my 
indication. That was never my insult towards him. That was never who he was. But he was somebody who worried me because he relies on being accurate, and he hadn't been accurate at all for the first two weeks. Now, he still wasn't awesome. He still wasn't tip-top Drew Brees-like, but he was much better in this game. He was hitting guides in his stride. Now, it also helps when almost half of your completions are dump-downs to Alvin Kamara. It definitely goes a long way because he was 29 of 36 in this game. But all the receivers were pretty efficient. I mean, like I said, Emmanuel Sanders, four catches on five targets. Traquan Smith, four catches on six targets. Jared Cook, who got banged up in this game with an ankle injury and had to leave the game early, that was a big loss. That's something we're going to have to watch throughout the week because he's been a bottom-tier tight end one throughout the first couple of weeks of the season. But he still had two catches on three targets. Everybody was pretty efficient. Drew Brees played a lot better. Now, maybe it's the home thing. I don't know. Maybe he just needs to be in New Orleans. But he definitely played a lot better. Enough, at least, that you know when Michael Thomas comes back that he'll be able to eat and Alvin Kamara will be able to eat. Outside of that, though, Jared Cook being a streaming tight end, a low-end tight end one, I don't know if this offense from a fantasy standpoint looks much different than it did last year. And if you own Drew Brees, well, then he probably bought himself at least one more week on your roster. He didn't become droppable like he was on the cusp of doing had he had another bad showing like he did in week two. So he bought him, he probably bought himself at least another week, if not two, with his performance here. Because it was a good fantasy performance. 288 yards and three touchdowns. No interceptions in this game. But he's not going to be a must-start every single week. He's going to be, I think, matchup dependent. And we might be back on that home-away split when it comes to Drew Brees and whether or not you should play him. Things to watch moving forward. On the Green Bay Packers side of the ball... Oh, and just a quick note, actually, before we move on to the Packers. Michael Thomas is expected to be back, or at least is eyeing a return, feels good about his return for Week 4. So we're going to keep you up to date on that as well. But there's a good chance that Michael Thomas will be back. How healthy he will be, I do not know, because I talked about this before. This is still half the amount of time that it would normally take for a high ankle sprain to heal. So I don't think he's going to be close to 100%, but we'll keep our eye on the practice report and what he's able to do. So now we move on to the Green Bay Packers. Now we move on to Aaron Rodgers, who had a very good game and was even more impressive than Drew Brees in some senses because with no Devontae Adams, it's not like Aaron Rodgers throws the ball to Aaron Jones, the clip that Drew Brees throws the ball to Alvin Kamara. So who was going to step up? We talked about this. Out of Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who do we like more? Well, I'll be fair here. I definitely didn't expect this big game from Alan Lazard, but I did say that they were both wide receiver threes. And that we had Lazard one spot ahead because in two receiver sets, he has been on the field more. He has been playing more. So on the depth chart, he is ahead of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, making him the default, at least on paper, wide receiver one when Devontae Adams was out. I did not expect him to play as if he was Devontae Adams in this game. Now, he had a big 72-yarder, and that went a long way in his production. But still, six catches, 146 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets. Meanwhile, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, one catch for five yards on four targets in this game. This this was a tough matchup. This is a good Saints secondary. I think. I know on paper they are, but the last two weeks, this defense has not played the way that I expect them to play or expected them to play heading into the season. Now, that might get turned around. We saw last year 
the Saints defense really didn't play very well to the beginning of the season. They picked it up at the end. I do think better days are ahead for the Saints defense. I do think they're going to be a tougher matchup moving forward. I wouldn't be deceived if you have the Saints on a schedule thinking to yourself that you have a prime matchup you should be necessarily targeting. I just want people to keep that in mind. But the Packers played really well. And I have to give Matt LaFleur credit because he's somebody in the past that I've been... They had a great plan of attack against the Saints defense, and they executed the perfection. And Aaron Rodgers looks like Aaron Rodgers again. Oh, man, does he ever. Like I said, 283 yards, three touchdowns for Rodgers. Also tacked on 12 yards on the ground. But he looks lights out. Now, I can't only imagine what the Packers might have been able to do had Devontae Adams been able to play in this game. And Rodgers is going to continue to be at least inside the top 10 as quarterbacks, especially when Adams is out there. Aaron Jones, 16 carries, 69 yards. He does pick up a touchdown. Wasn't a huge game from last week. You wouldn't expect it to be. But frankly, I was pleased. Again, not a defense I necessarily want to go after when it comes to my running backs. On top of that, Aaron Jones has a history of when he goes off like he did a week ago. He'll come back and not score, not get 100 yards, not really do much the following week. Now, he only has 69 yards on the ground, but he does score you that touchdown. I just wish he'd be a little bit more involved in the pass game, especially when Devontae Adams was out. Only two catches for 17 yards on four targets. But obviously, Aaron Jones comes through for you with a solid day. And that's why that Jekyll and Hyde act that he does, that's why you consider him more of an RB2 rather than the RB1, which is what his talent and his offense situation could suggest. But it's not consistent. When it comes, it comes big. But it's not always consistent elite and RB1 territory. Although with his talent, it very well could be at some point. Outside of that, Robert Tanyan. He is the tight end to own in Green Bay. If you're looking for a tight end to own in Green Bay. Not Jay Sternberger. Five catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Jay Sternberger only plays in certain situations. Mercedes Lewis and Robert Tanyan both outsnapped him in this game. Funny enough, Mercedes Lewis actually wound up with a touchdown. Crazy. But Jay Sternberger's not the guy that people expected him to be. It is Robert Tanyan. He is the number one tight end. Now, he's not streaming territory for me. Do not get it twisted. This is still a Green Bay Packer offense that more times than not does not get the tight end involved, especially when Adams comes back onto the field. But just something to note of if you're looking for deep league sleepers or just wanting to know who exactly is the tight end if you found yourself in that situation, it is Robert Tanya. So that pretty much wraps it up for the Sunday night game. We're going to take a little quick break here. Come back on the other side. We'll have the Monday night game recap for you and then the waiver wire report after that. So stay tuned. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. We are live on WWSRN as we speak. And we have for you the Monday night recap of tonight's game. Uh, well, yeah, we're recording this Monday night, so it's tonight's game. will be last night's game by the time you guys are listening to the show, most likely And this was a dominant performance by the Kansas City Chiefs, much more dominant than the final score would indicate the Baltimore Ravens offense was really reduced to a special teams touchdown and not a whole lot more. Lamar Jackson was held under 100 yards passing. 
under 100 yards passing. 97 yards. How is that possible against this Kansas City Chiefs defense? Who played great? I mean, this was the big game. This is what we all were waiting for. This Monday night game. Mahomes versus Jackson. Baltimore versus Kansas City Chiefs. The AFC Conference Championship game preview. And it was completely dominated by the Kansas City Chiefs in this matchup. Like I said, Lamar Jackson, 97 yards passing. Did have a passing touchdown. Did tackle on 83 yards on the ground. But absolutely horrendous. I mean, you're, you've hit, you had any piece of the Baltimore Ravens. And Lamar Jackson, he, he gives you a floor? That's not what you drafted Lamar Jackson to be. Coming off of a week where he already gave you a floor performance last week. That was mostly because they dominated the game script so much. But this game, he just looked bad throwing the football. He looked inaccurate, looked uncomfortable. The offense was never able to do what they wanted to do. That was the big thing. And that's a couple times now where we've seen Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. We've seen him in this game because the Kansas City Chiefs last year. If the Baltimore Ravens get punched in the mouth early and go down two scores early, this offense just isn't the same. This offense doesn't get to do what it really wants to do. And that affects Lamar Jackson probably a lot more than it should. What do you do about the running game? What do you do about Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards? Do you continue to play Mark Ingram? He was an RB30 for us, and he was the highest-ranked running back, so he was not a must-start, but he was in the flex territory. And he didn't look bad. Now, part of this this is going to get chalked up to game script. Part of this is going to be the fact that they didn't actually get to run their offense. But the running game's been frustrating from a fantasy standpoint, to say the least, up until this point anyway, in pro game scripts. Mark Ingram had seven carries. Gus Edwards had four. J.K. Dobbins only had one. Dobbins was more involved in the passing game. Four targets, four catches, 38 yards. Mark Ingram is a touchdown-dependent flex play. If If he can't even command the carries... And so much for the idea that Mark Ingram was the passing down guy, by the way, which I knew it was only a matter of time before that went away. I don't know. From a fantasy standpoint, if you have the roster room to stash JJ, J.K. Dobbins in redraft leagues, I guess you can continue to do so because if there's one guy who's going to emerge at some point, it would probably be Dobbins. And I do wonder if a loss like this to a team like this We'll make the front office, we'll make the coaching staff reevaluate who exactly is on the field. Because I think Dobbins is by far their best player. I don't know why Gus Edwards continues to get mixed in. I don't know what he provides that Mark Ingram doesn't. I don't know why this is more of a two-man carousel with Gus Edwards just bringing up the rear as a guy who can come in to make sure nobody gets hurt when they blow out teams in the fourth quarter and just as a backup. I don't get why they feel the need for him to have to be involved. I don't understand it. I don't get it. In any way. So we'll see exactly how this continues to play out. But for now, you can't start a Ravens running back. You just can't. And as far as receivers go, Marquise Brown 
how can he could be considered anything more than a boomer bust wide receiver three option who's not a must play? This was the game. This was the game that they were going to need Marquise Brown to be a big playmaker. And you know what? To Brown's credit, he did play well. He beat the secondary consistently throughout this matchup. Lamar just didn't hit him down the field. He could have had a much different stat line. He just hit him on one of those bombs that Marquise Brown beat the defender on. So better days are going to be ahead for Marquise Brown, but he's still a boomer bust wide receiver three option. The volume's not there enough to give him that floor. It's all or nothing. The only guy that I can feel, well, I shouldn't say, the only two guys I can feel confident about moving forward would be Mark Andrews, even though he had a rough game in this one, three catches, 22 yards, but he still had eight targets. He dropped the touchdown he should have caught. Better days are ahead, and I think we all know that. And, of course, better days are definitely ahead for Lamar Jackson. But this was not the game you were expecting to see. This was not the Monday miracle that you were hoping for. While on the flip side, if you had any of the Chiefs players, you did get the Monday miracle. Patrick Mahomes, 385 yards, four passing touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, ran a touchdown into. Counted for five touchdowns in this game. Incredible. Travis Kelsey was good. Six catches, 87 yards on seven targets. Mikol Hardman making his presence felt for the first time in his 2020 season. He had four catches for 81 yards. He scored on a long touchdown. He had six targets. Tyreek Hill had six targets, five catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 25 total touches in this game. Goes over 100 yards from scrimmage, 64 yards on the ground, 70 in the air, six targets in the game. Oh, and by the way, Sammy Watkins, back from his head injury from last week, actually led the team in targets, something that he seems to do consistently, even though it always doesn't end up in the biggest stat line, seven catches, 62 yards. But look, and this includes Sammy Watkins. If you have a Kansas City Chiefs offensive player, you got to play him. Am I definitely playing Nicole Hardman at this game? No, no. The volume hasn't been there. And the, vol- it, it, the volume hasn't been there. Plain and simple. Sammy Watkins still played ahead of him in this game. He just got a little bit more mixed in than Demarcus Robinson did. And to this point, it had been Demarcus Robinson acting as that, four, that fourth receiver who had been playing more. That just... Miko Harmon and Demarcus Robinson switched roles for this week. That very easily could go back the other way. But if you have Watkins, especially in half-point, full-point PPR leagues, if you have Hilaire, if you have Tyreek Hill, if you have Travis Kelsey, if you have Patrick Mahomes, you're starting all of them no matter what, I think. Watkins is the only one that you'll debate. He'll be the only one that you'll kind of look at the matchup and see what other options you have. But this offense is operating on an entirely different level than pretty much everybody else in the league as a whole. I know Seattle's offense has been great. I know Dallas's offense put up a lot of numbers. I know Atlanta's offense put up a lot of numbers. But as a whole, this offense is operating on a whole different level than everybody else. So I would say Sammy Watkins is a wide receiver three moving forward in half-point, full-point PPR leagues. He's a flex guy. You're going to know that this offense is still going to get him the ball and they're going to have enough volume to get him involved along with having a superstar receiver, a superstar tight end, and a budding superstar running back. Great things ahead for them. That's going to wrap up the Monday night recap. We are going to go to one last quick break before we go to the waiver wire report. And that's what we're going to talk about on the other side. We're going to get you guys ready 
for your week fours. So stay tuned right after this. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back. You are listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show, and I am your host, Dan Mater, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, WWSRN. That's also how you can look for the app, by the way, on iOS. For Android, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. That is the best way to listen to this show on Thursdays and Fridays from 12 to 1.30. And all the other great content going on at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You don't want to miss a thing. So download the app and be able to follow along with any time the shows go live, especially with this one right here, because we're going to win some championships. We're having some fun. And I want to let you guys know that this waiver wire segment is brought to you by Manscaped. If you want the best performance for your nether regions, Manscaped is the place for you. They have all the ball care you could ever need, like high-quality trimmers, unwanted hair, or ball toner that will leave you smelling fresh all day long. Just go to manscaped.com and use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY for your 20% off of your purchase. Your balls will thank you. So now, the biggest thing to take away from this waiver wire report is that is that nearly as extensive as last week's was, and that's probably for good reason, good news, people's ears. We didn't have as many top-notch injuries that have left us in disarray trying to figure out what kind of value we need to get on the waiver wire. I still have a pretty strong one for you guys, though, moving forward. And I actually have some do-not-ads. Now, normally speaking, if I leave these guys off my waiver wire report, I'm telling you I'm not bothering adding them. But this particular week, there were a couple of players that I felt like with the performances that they had this past Sunday, that people might be tempted into wanting to actually add them to their team. So to avoid that mistake, hopefully, for MD Nation, because if you're listening to this show, you are a part of MD Nation, whether you like it or not, hopefully you do. I want to make sure you guys don't make that mistake. I want to let someone else make that mistake. That's what we want. So first up, on the waiver wire report that we do want you to add, and remember, we do this from perspective of the most owned under 50% to the least owned. So I'm not putting this in the order of which of what I would go after them on my waiver priority or my fab. And we'll talk about what I think each player is worth. And remember, this is done by the average of all the major platforms of these players being owned. So if they're less than 50% owned on average between ESPN, NFL, Yahoo, CBS, then they will make the waiver wire report essentially. So first up is Corey Davis at 47% owned closest one to that 50% threshold. I've held off until this week, putting him on. It's really funny that I've held off to this week, putting him on because he actually had his worst school game this past Sunday. The reason I'm saying that you can go ahead and pick him up though is one, it's a lighter waiver wire report than what it's been. But two, if he's still available on your waiver wires and he's still available in your leagues, then he could probably get him for free. You're not going to have to spend a priority. You're not going to have to spend fat budget to go get him. I expect AJ Brown to miss at least one more week. That means the target share is still going to be there for Corey Davis for another week. They have a nice matchup coming up this week. If you can get Corey Davis for free, which if he's still available, I would imagine you could then he's worth an ad. And that's why we kind of put, added Corey Davis on to the waiver wire report for this particular week because we really do not expect A.J. Brown back. This week, it may still be two more weeks, frankly, with the way that he has talked, with the way this injury has been very slow to heal for him. The next guy, I'm very shocked that he's less than 50% owned. And again, 
same team. Didn't have his best statistical game, although didn't play bad either. And that was Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill has been one of our top streaming quarterbacks every single week so far and will continue to do as such as long as they have decent matchups. And he still threw for over 300 yards this past week. He just didn't get any passing touchdowns. And he didn't do much with his legs. So from a fantasy perspective, it wasn't great, but he didn't play a bad game. And he's been able to get the job done for the most part, even without A.J. Brown out there. So Ryan Tannehill is still somebody who hovers around that top 12, top 15 mark week in and week out, meaning he's still going to be a top streaming quarterback. Well, if you're in a position where you've been streaming quarterbacks, I would go ahead and pick up Ryan Tannehill because you're going to be able to use him more times than you're not, especially if he keeps playing the way that he is. So Ryan Tannehill, 46%. Again, another player that you shouldn't have to use a priority for. You shouldn't have to spend fab budget for if he is still available on your team, on your, on your leagues, I should say. Now, this next guy, he took a big jump up from last week, of course, but he still came under that 50% threshold. So we were able to add him to the waiver wire report. And after this past Thursday, I have to think that he gave you confirmation that he is, in fact, the guy. And I'm talking about Miles Gaskin, 43% owned, or I'm sorry, 45% owned. So we still under that 50% threshold mark. He's still widely available in most of your leagues out there. Just had 22 carries on Thursday. Talked about that on Friday when we had the recap of the Thursday night show that it clearly became his backfield. I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know when. But it is clear after that Thursday game, it is hands down Miles Gaskin and then Matt Breida and then Jordan Howard on the goal line. That became abundantly clear in that matchup. So Miles Gaskin, while I don't love his ceiling, I don't know if he's ever going to give you a great fantasy day. With the bye weeks coming up in week five, with there being injuries on the field, he's going to be a guy who can come in as a flex play and he can be a plug-and-play guy just to be able to give you that extra running back that you need. He's getting enough volume. Will he be able to give you some sort of floor, some sort of value, and therefore should be owned as unexciting as it may be. And being that he's a running back, I probably would spend 10%, 15% of my fad budget. I probably would spend... Maybe not my number one priority pick if I have that, but if I'm sitting just outside the top three, I'll probably spend it on Miles Gaskin. Now, next up, we're going to get into a couple of receivers here that really has some big weeks and become very interesting moving forward. First guy I'm going to talk about is Alan Lazard at 43% owned. You're still going to have to play him as a boomer bust wide receiver three, especially when Devontae Adams comes back. But he is somebody who needs to be owned. And at 43%, means he's still widely available. Do we believe Devontae Adams will be back for week four? We lean towards yes, but we don't know for a fact yet. It is a hamstring issue. It's one that started off that wasn't serious and then wound up costing him a game. So we don't know exactly where Devontae Adams is going to be at in his recovery heading into next week. Alan Lazard could be staring down the barrel of being number one wide receiver for a second week in a row. And if this Green Bay offense continues to look the way that it has, if Aaron Rodgers continues to look the way that he has, a second wide receiver may emerge as a fantasy-worthy play really soon. So I'm going to take the chance on Alan Lazard. I'll spend 10% of my fad budget on him. I'll spend a bottom five waiver wire priority on him. Because he's going to be worth it. The next guy who I would go after much harder 
than Alan Lazard is Justin Jefferson. Not just because he finally had his outbreak of the 2020 season. He had 175 yards and touchdown, which, yes, we all know that his best game was spent either on people's waiver wires or on their benches. And that will be his best game of the season. But that game signifies what I had talked about heading into that matchup, which is they were going to have to get a second receiver involved. He's going to be involved from here on out. He'll be involved from here on out. So Justin Jefferson is somebody I want to own because he's playing the slot position. Something Kirk Cousins likes to target. It's not Adam Thielen. It's Justin Jefferson. So from a half point and full point PPR standpoint, after this big breakout game, this is a guy who might be looking at a pretty solid floor and targets moving forward. That defense is still horrendous. This Minnesota offense is going to have to throw the ball more than they want to. Justin Jefferson's only 33% owned, meaning he's widely available. He, he was a guy who was dropped in quite a few leagues after week two. So go ahead and check him out. Get him. He's a guy that right now we can immediately put as a low-end wide receiver three who very well may have his stock climbing over the next few weeks, depending on how this goes. So go get Justin Jefferson. Spend a top priority on him. Spend 15% of your bad budget on him. It'll be worth it. Brandon Ayuk's the next guy. Now, Brandon Ayuk is not somebody I want to spend a top priority on. He's not somebody I want to spend fad budget on. He's only 16% owned. He had a nice game last week. But the intriguing thing about Brandon Ayuk is that he really might turn into the number one wide receiver. Debo Samuel is supposed to return to practice this Wednesday. I'll keep saying this so I'm blue in the face. Wide receivers do not return from Jones fractures the same year and look the same. They just don't. And with Brandon Ayuk finally getting back on the radar or getting onto the radar in his last week performance, doing some of the things that Debo Samuel would do, like the jet sweeps, getting involved in different fast and different capacities of the game. Brandon Ayuk, somebody that I think is going to be heavily involved moving forward. This 49ers offense is going to have to get leaned on a little bit more. So they're not going to be able to just lean on their defense all year along with the injuries that they have sustained. So Brandon Ayuk is going to be more involved than a 16% owned. I think you can get him for free. I don't think I've spent a priority on him. I don't think you have to spend a fab budget on him. And if you do to get him, then go ahead and let him pass because there's still going to be a lot of hit or miss games for the 49ers pass catchers, not named George Kittle. But he's somebody of interest to me who I would like to pick up on my bench in case he starts to hit big. The one guy I am going after is Alshon Jeffrey, 13% owned. There's a chance you might be able to get him for free because a lot of people just seem to be so bored out of their minds by the idea of playing Alshon Jeffrey in their lineups. But look at what's happening to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Deshaun Jackson's day-to-day, he may not miss time. And Alshon Jeffrey may be back as soon as this week. But no Dallas Goddard. That offense has looked out of sorts. Carson Wentz has looked out of sorts. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of leaned on Alshon Jeffrey a little bit when he came back to try to help make all the other pieces fall back into place. That wouldn't surprise me. So Alshon Jeffrey, 13% owned, is somebody you need to be going after in your leagues. Now we come to Carlos Hyde at 10% owned. So with Carlos Hyde, we did get the word earlier today that Chris Carson suffered a mild knee sprain. And it's not 100% sure that he's even going to miss time. He may be back for this week. He may not, but he may be back for this week. I'm still going to make an effort, if I can, to pick up Carlos Hyde. They had a nice matchup coming up this week 
high could be an immediate flex play, possibly even a low end RB two. And he's only 10% owned right now. So especially on the Chris Carson owner, you have to run to the waiver wire. I don't know why Carlos High is not more owned because Chris Carson does have an injury history. I would be owning Chris Car- uh, Carlos High, excuse me, if I was a Chris Carson owner without a doubt. But now, if I'm somebody in the back end of my waiver priority, I want to spend 5% of my fab budget. I think you could get away with that. Well, 10% at least probably in order to actually get them. I think you probably get away with that because people aren't sure if Carson's even going to miss this week. I would have him just in case, and I would have him as a handcuff stash. T. Higgins, 7% owned. T. Higgins is a must pick up. He's not a must play yet, but it's two weeks in a row now that T. Higgins has at least been the third most active wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, what has been a pass first team up until this point. John Ross was a healthy scratch. T. Higgins is the third receiver now. This was also the second week in a row that he ran more routes than A.J. Green. And in this game, he actually ran more routes than Tyler Boyd. So T. Higgins is getting very involved here. He is definitely somebody worth picking up, worth owning. And at 7% owned, he didn't have a big enough game where I think there's going to be a lot of people on him. So you might be able to get him for free. I wouldn't push, I wouldn't push it. I wouldn't go crazy for him. Because Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, Alshon Jeffrey, there's not a huge difference between those three. You're going to be able to get one of them for free. So hold out and figure out which one that is and grab them. Don't spend resources if you don't have to. Leads to this next guy, Greg Ward, 1%. Again, another guy you could definitely get for free. I'm only picking him up if Alshon Jeffrey doesn't come back this week and if Sean Jackson is going to miss this week. Two things that could go the opposite direction. But if Deshaun misses, if Alshon doesn't play, we saw what happened this past week with no Dallas Goddard. Greg Ward and Zach Ertz, it may not be pretty. It may not be a big ceiling, but there's going to be so much volume heading in their direction that they're going to give you decent floors. Now, Zach Ertz has the ceiling potential as the tight end, of course, because he's definitely going to get the end zone targets as well. Greg Ward, more talking about a full point PPR standpoint, you need a flex play. He's going to give you a floor this week if those guys do not play. So just kind of keep that in mind. That was really it. That was all I really came up with. As far as guys that I'm interested in on the waiver report, not a big week for must grabs. In fact, this is a week where, especially if you're in a rolling waiver wire situation, I'd let it go. Unless you need a Carlos Hyde, unless you need a wide receiver, I would let it go because I would try to get myself in position to have that number one waiver priority moving forward. This isn't a week that's going to make or break your team for the rest of the season. So I wouldn't waste it here. Put yourself in position to be able to take advantage of something big happens like it did in week two. Now, the guys I want to say the do not add, and I usually don't do this, but I want to make sure they're in there as the do not add. That's Rex Burkhead and Jimmy Graham. I know Rex Burkhead has had three touchdowns. We don't know for sure that James White's going to come back next week. But the second James White does, Rex Burkhead no longer has a lot of value. Oh, and BTW, Damian Harris is going to be back I believe week five is when he's able, eligible to return. Or no, actually, week four. It might, I think it's this week he's eligible to return because he went on the IR. He went on the three-week IR before the season started. So technically speaking, he would be eligible to return as of this week. Rex Burkhead, one, definitely had his best game of the year. But two, Damian Harris is going to be back. James White could be back. 
Rex Burkhead is going to completely disappear from this offense. And he's somebody that's just because of the performance that he had, because there are some things in limbo, I think people might go out of their way to add him. I'm just telling you, do not. Don't be that person. Jimmy Graham, same thing. He had two touchdowns, 60 yards. I don't know if there's going to be people out there who think to themselves, oh, Nick Foles took over. Therefore, all the pass catchers of Chicago Bears get this significant uptick in value. And maybe Jimmy Graham is, in fact, streaming worthy. Because this was a horrible tight end week. None of the tight ends really did well this past week. I get that. So that's why the whole Jimmy Graham going for two touchdowns things might look appealing to some. I'm here to tell you, MD Nation, say it with me. Do not make that mistake. It's still Jimmy Graham. It's still Nick Foles. It's still a lot to be desired. You're going to have better options ahead of you. Trust me. That's actually going to wrap it up for the show. Had a great time. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you find informative heading into your week four matchups. Remember, we will be back on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Thursday from 12 to 1.30. Of course, on Friday as well on the East Coast time. Make sure you download the app, Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Android or WWSRN on iOS to be able to keep up with the show. Make sure you're following us on social media at BellyUpMDFFShow, especially on Twitter for those player news update notifications all throughout the week. Make sure you're checking out the rankings that will be up either late Wednesday night or Thursday mornings, usually when they come out. Those you can find on BellyUpFantasySports.com. Until Thursday, everyone have a great time, and we're going to get you ready for your week four matchups, so make sure you stay tuned 12 o'clock on Thursday afternoon. Everyone, stay safe, and we'll see you again next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design.